Welcome to BitStorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is the wonderful Ben Slinger. Hello, hello. Now, Ben, I believe we have a guest with us today. You believe we have a guest? Yeah, well, I can see yes, him. Yes, I can see him on the screen right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, welcome to Alex from... Well, we, we met him in our improv class, but he also does a podcast called Know What You're In For. Uh, well, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for getting the plugs in early. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you got to know what you're in for. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to give a little bit of a a spiel about uh, what the podcast is and what you do? Uh, Yeah, sure. Um, It's a long form uh, improv podcast where I play a disgraced prison warden uh, over a long series of episodes. Uh, It's rather early days so far, but it's great fun. And I do it with a co-host that I've known for a very long time. Sounds familiar. Yes. (laughs) Ben and I may have gone to high school together. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, let's jump into it, I guess. We're going to do some click pitch. And this is a word where we each have a random word generator in front of us. Actually, now a random word generating Discord bot that Trevor has uh, coded up for us. (laughs) And on the count of three, two, one click, we're going to say, hey, bot, give us a new word. And we're going to... Let you listeners know what those words are. We can jam them together into a game design and see what comes out. And then we'll throw it away and we'll do it again. Okay. Three, two, one, click. Alex, why don't you go first? Interesting. Uh, this rather peculiar bot has given me the word pump. <laughs> okay. And I've got object. <laughs> and I, That's like the most generic word that it could give you. <laughs> and I have invader. Ooh. Invader. Object invader. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so that gives me the, the sense of, like, Space Invaders. Is this some sort of Space Invaders where instead of just, like, firing, you know, your lasers up at aliens that are coming down, are you having to somehow put together a contraption where via pumping water or air or something you have to, like, shoot things up into the air? <laughs> oh, like, it's a puzzle game, is it? We have it's to get like the pieces. Yeah, it's always like a puzzle slash action game where, yeah, I, I'm sort of picturing a the Incredible Machine style having to hook different things up so that at the right time when you hit this button, the bowling ball falls, hits the seesaw, which, you know, hits the the fan, which blows air through the pipe, which fires something up <laughs> that hits the Space Invader. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that timing. So, so you've got to get that timing down. But because it's using the physics engine, like, that timing's always out. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, the game's impossible. There's only, <laughs> the one, there's only one space invader. It just kind of hovers back and forth until you can hit it. <laughs> and it's gradually getting lower. <laughs> very slowly. Yeah. It's one of those very artsy games that teaches you about, like, um, self-motivation. You know, sticking with it, rolling the boulder <laughs> up the hill. One day you'll get it. Yeah, exactly. And you literally have to roll a boulder up the hill. That's one of the levels. Uh, that's, those are the pieces you start with. And... <laughs> You got a billion I, machine. I, I'm picturing that you got this huge vacuum pump that's sort of trying to pull pull this huge boulder up, um, and and so it's like you got to push it up high enough so it actually gains traction and and pulls it up the hill. Yeah, we can do it any number of ways. It's it's all up to you. A very creative approach, like a Breath of the Wild. You choose your own path and adventure and solve it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I can picture that. Um, now let's too. let's okay. I don't want to. Look, it's my first time on the podcast. I don't want to jump in and say, like, you know, this is just my own perspective of video game design. But let's talk about franchise potential, all right? Okay. What characters are we putting into this? Um, what potential is there for merchandising? I like that question. So I like we, that question a lot. Is this what characters are we licensing or we need to come up with some some funky licensable characters? I, I like both approaches. If you have if you have some sort of connection to the creators of Stuart Little, sure, you can throw them in. Uh, <laughs> but if you're more interested in creating like a new thing, you go for it. I think it's I think it's got to be new. Um I I like the idea of making money out of the out of these things by, you know, selling the matchbox cars and and actually selling like a Lego set of of like your favorite level. So you you have all the Lego technique and you and you're basically trying to use real world physics to also also kill the space invader that's moving backwards and forwards. <laughs> it's like those uh what are they the Disney Infinity things where you have to put the toys onto the pad, <laughs> but it's a puzzle game. <laughs> that's good. That would make so much money. 
Because you have to buy all the individual bits. <laughs> you have to purchase, like, the ramp so you can move the boulder down. Oh, God. <laughs> and it's like, the, the ramp has to be put onto the pad first so it appears in the game. Um <laughs> Because I'm thinking that it's you. You have all the physical things there, and that's what brings it into the game. Um, so if you want a ramp, you need to have purchased the ramp, highlight it, and then put it off to the side. And then you're basically building everything in the game and in the home version at the same time. I love it. This it's so lucrative. I I don't think there's a pitch that could be making more money than that. Which again, <laughs> like I've come in as an outsider. I don't I don't necessarily know the rules of your show, but I assume it's making the most lucrative production possible. No, no, we're we're totally into just for the art of it. We uh, oh. like the indie vibe. It's uh, you know, no, we can make money if we want. It's fine. Um we're, we'll if ever, sell, if we'll ever we make this second. thing, <laughs> yeah, well, there's no such thing as selling out as far as we're concerned. We've, we never sold in. Um, <laughs> uh, let's all three, two, one, click it. Yeah, let's do it. Ooh, mortuary. Refund. Term. Term, like T-E-R-M. T-U-R-N. Oh, turn, turn, like turn okay. around. Turn, mortuary, and sorry, Trevor, what was Refund. Yours? Oh, okay. Well, that kind of makes sense. A refund at the mortuary. <laughs> <laughs> that, sounds like a, that sounds like a band. Refund at the mortuary. Um, exclamation point. Uh, okay. What could the mortuary have done that you need to demand a refund? Um, they didn't bury your grandfather properly because your grandfather is, is alive and in your living room, but- you know, you buried him three weeks ago. So, this is a zombie game. Yeah. But it's at the main thing is actually about getting the refund from the mortuary who didn't keep your yeah. zombie grandfather <laughs> buried well enough. Is there a mortuary, like, uh, what are they called? Tycoon series. We have to build it up. There's Graveyard Keeper. Oh, there is. Yeah. But that's I think a bit we've different discussed, as- like, a mortuary um, sort of I tycoon we, game before. We had an but- action sort of game. It, it didn't ha- include didn't include zombies, so I, I'm always seeing this as like your Sim City. You know how they had lots of different um, disasters, monsters, and disasters. This is like the zombie outbreak is is like the number one disaster for mortuary owners because they're now having to give refunds. Yeah, they're often talking about the big one. They're like, one day the big one will get us. <laughs> and yeah, it's a lot of like ironing down the bunkers and boarding over the graves and just generally like you know praying hail marys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've they stock up on you know their, all their weapons. I mean, mortuaries, you know, they've got they've all got their weapons bunker. Uh, we've all seen it. I mean, you know, you're safe when you visit the local mortuary and it's like really well fortified. That's yep. a sign of a safe town. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's all, just- all the sharpened sticks at, at the front, you know, <laughs> giving giving the barricade. <laughs> Well, is okay. Is this is this a game where it is some sort of mortuary sim or like tycoon game, but set in a world where zombies are commonplace? And so, being like running a mortuary is is risky business. Yeah, I like that. Uh, so, so is is zombification? Is it like a um, sort of like a, a STI or something like that that you don't quite know that you've got it until you die and you come back as a zombie? Yeah, I think we'd have to. Switch up the rules a bit from the standard kind of you get bitten and then in like a few hours you turn into a zombie. I think it's that, yes, after you are buried, you know, within one or two months, (laughs) you might come back as a zombie. (laughs) (laughs) And And it's one or two months because you're you're spending all that time, you know, digging out. But- um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it kicks. It, it sets in a lot sooner than that, but uh, it does take some time. And that's part of the tycoon thing is like if you want to put in the extra money for uh, like much stronger coffins, much you know deeper graves, then you can do that, and you, you'll get you know that will slow the zombies down from coming out. Again, a good a good side of a safe town is you visit the local graveyard, and the holes are like bottomless. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. They just stack them on top of each other. (laughs) Well, that's an option because then at least the lowest zombie is going to have a real hard time getting out. (laughs) In a game design sense, it would be interesting if, I mean, you're expanding your grave area. And so that would mean more chance of zombies. So that means scaling difficulty, right? Like, mm-hmm. It does fit very well. Yeah, I think you, you don't want to scale up the, the number that you're- Like the amount of bodies you're burying too quickly if you don't have the defences in place and 
the, the right types no, of tools to, nor to the keep capital. them from coming up too quickly. I mean, if you yeah. don't have the capital to, to handle all the refunds when they all come in, you know, then- That's it. That's part of it is handling the <laughs> refunds. If one of those zombies escapes your grounds, then they're going to be coming at you from a refund. Yeah. But they will also have killed more people bringing you more money. So, there's a balance, see? It's, it's you know, a little from column A, a little from column B, you know. Yeah. If a zombie gets go out and the- kills 10 people- well, maybe the refund was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of managing this uh, this whole area and then just really like zooming in on the SimCity environment down to like somebody just handling a refund, like just papers, <laughs> please, just going through. <laughs> well, if it's a, if it's an uncommon enough. Uh, occurrence, then yeah, it could be like a little scene like that. You actually have a little dialogue and stuff. Uh, oh, today you let three zombies get free. Um, out of those, only two of them requested a refund. All the others actually died from the zombie. <laughs> so you were, we were lucky there. We dodged a bullet. <laughs> well, maybe that's part of the, maybe that's part of the balance as well that the longer <laughs> it takes for a zombie to dig out of the ground because you've dug it really, you know, deep or it took them a long time to break out of the coffin. The stronger the zombie is going to be when he gets out, <laughs> uh, he or she, um, because like they had to be to break out of the fucking like iron, you know, banded <laughs> titanium coffin that you purchased. Uh, <laughs> and so they're actually more likely to just, yeah, kill the whole family and then they won't come for a refund. If you bury a zombie deep enough, I'm just thinking about logistics here. If you bury a zombie deep enough, what, what's their incentive to dig up? Like why? Um- and, and not not to the side. Yeah, because I'm imagining like a yeah a little zombie colony that's existing below your yeah. graveyard. So I have a feeling that like it's just an innate ability of of a zombie that he, they can tell gravity and they know that up is the only way to get to like fresh air. I guess it's instinctual. Yeah, hmm. I do actually though like the idea of maybe it's like a an uncommon event. Where it's like, oh, I haven't had any zombies come up for a while. And then you realize that there are a few of them got smart and dug out a whole colony down there and have been breeding. And then like a hundred zombies <laughs> just all burst out of the ground at once. And they're like super advanced. Like they've been communicating and working in science and they're like yeah. thriving. <laughs> and it turns out you're the real monster all along. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Three, two, one, clean. <laughs> I love it. I got cutting rank. 16th. 16th rank in cutting. cutting. What is something that even has 16 ranks? Are there 16? My mind immediately, because so cutting in 16th immediately goes to 16 candles for me of cutting a cake on 16th mm-hmm. birthday. Yep. Okay. Okay. I like that. And Where can we go with that game wise? <laughs> well, I mean, maybe this is one of those kind of teen comedy sort of stories. And rank is like in this high school, the, the different- like groups all have ranks of like the hottest or the best or whatever in, in like the hottest boys or the hottest girls or the hottest footballers or the hottest cheerleaders or whatever. And there's something around this all coming down, all their shallowness coming down and collapsing and people learning lessons and stuff. I mean, you have, um, you could use, you know, those social structures you have in games like, um, Persona or, uh, Romper. Or something like that, where it's a lot of like communicating. Oh, or Shadow of Mordor. <laughs> <laughs> nemesis the system. nemesis system in a high school. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's what that is. Pro- procedurally generated <laughs> students <laughs> that have weaknesses and and um, strengths. And weaknesses and strengths. They get named for it. They get nicknames for it. Right? Like people in high school get nicknames based on things that happen to them. And so, is this like some sort of schoolyard fighting game? And, and the fights might not be physical; they might be like verbal and different different aspects. Uh, but like, if Joey gets in a fight and gets a wedgie, you give him a wedgie to win. Then now he's like Joey Wedgie Bukakis or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the Nemesis system, there were like generals at the top. Are the generals students or are they teachers? <laughs> well, <laughs> they could go both ways. I do love the idea of eventually getting to, like, wedgie a teacher. Uh, <laughs> but it could also be, the, like, the popular kids, right? Like, the heads of the cliques, cliques sort of thing. Yeah. I, I kind of like the idea of there being five different 
sort of teachers that that sort of um, own That's each true. of. I'm, I'm going. I'm going for sort of five five different cliques here. Yeah. So you got a teacher, teacher All for right. each one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to Okay, um, uh, I mean Jim, right? You know, yeah, like teacher. Your, your jocks and your cheerleaders and your sports kids. Yep. yep. Two maths. All right, you got your like math, mathletics. Is that yep. what it is? Mathletes. Mm-hmm. Athletes. Yep. Yep. Three. Uh, English and media. Um, like, that like one's headed by. Is that wait? Is that like your drama or is that separate? Is that like your literature sort of? I yeah, feel like those overlap. Li- your- Probably bundle them. Yeah. Like literature yep. and drama kids, like mm-hmm. theatre kids. Okay, four. Yep. Uh, do we need science in there or arts? Yeah, you probably got your artist. Yeah, like your arts. Yeah, artist kids. Yeah, and then and five. Uh, you've got your history buffs, or oh, what was your? No, yeah, I think you got like <laughs> woodworkers. Yeah, you got like your yep. kind of your, and I don't mean to you know generalize, but you've got your your burnouts essentially who take yep. the easy classes and not actually <laughs> like. Um, <laughs> engaged with anything at school um all right good job so <laughs> each of them has their like key yeah their like head teacher who sort of takes you know pays more attention to that group of kids and so will you come in as just a an unknown presumably an undeclared yeah i get you'd be yeah. trying to get popular right joining a mm. click going up the ranks as it were Ooh, yeah you've like- joined mid-year so you've transferred mm-hmm. in from another school and it's mid-year so all the all the clicks have already formed and so yeah. now you get to choose which one to like work your way up through by taking out kids yeah. from the other classes. Well, well, I think I think <laughs> when you think about like the Nemesis system from Shadow of Mordor and and like I don't remember what the what the second one was Shadow called. Shadow of War, yeah. Shadow of War. Um you you you're actually up against everyone because No, I know, but I'm thinking in this case you're probably trying to work your way up the ranks yourself because in that one it was just like, you know, you can turn certain people, but we can we can we can take the general idea and shift it a bit because it's more you're trying to work your way up the ranks of one of the five cliques, and to do that you'll get missions to say like, well, why oh, wouldn't you like- want to dismantle all the cliques and then everyone's you know, everyone's all good and oh. basically you're you're pulling people away from the cliques to your side, which is technically oh, one giant click starting your own. You're kind of like trying to tear down the whole system. Okay, I could get behind. I could yep. get behind that. Now, I just love the fact that the teachers are, are, are like the masterminds behind all this. They basically realised that the only way that they could they could um, keep control of the school was to keep control of the cliques. So okay. it's like so with the teachers being the head honchos, the end bosses of this game dynamic. Mm-hmm. I do imagine that the final, you know, confrontation is dismantling the drama club. Is that like the big? Um, I was actually thinking it was like a, the parent-teacher organization. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's step back a bit because what what's the sort of moment-to-moment gameplay of of this? Is this an op- like is this a re- you know an open world and they've all got their sort of areas of the school and when you're in that area you know you'll see like th- random theater kids running around and if you fight one like in the nemesis system like they'll you know they might go up go up a rank because they've taken you know they've bullied someone else from from a different clique or whatever and they'll get a nickname and they'll you know be more distinct yeah how are um, you fighting I, them I, I love i love the idea of this being the smallest but most detailed open world <laughs> in the fact that everything exists within like this you know um you know, half a kilometer campus. square sort yeah. Of thing. <laughs> yeah well i think because your traversal it's not going to be traversal based right it's not like oh we're like bounding up walls and jumping but it's like oh i'm going to the science wing whatever, where there's yep. three science rooms and you go into one and, like, on their break, fucking, you know, Mr. Shingles is is demonstrating the reaction between two acids. I don't know. Uh, and, you go, and you go in there because you've got a mission to, like, challenge Jimmy McGlasses Mc, over there and you in, in front of everyone you get in a fight in the science room, right? Mm-hmm. And if you win, then you- You've so it's kind of like you've played. Um, what was it Fire Emblem Three Houses? I haven't. Uh, no. I'm, I'm not a big JRPG kind of. Or oh. that's a tactics one. Is Fire Emblem more of a tactics one, or is it? A- yeah, tactics, but it's like the social yeah. side where you're just interacting with your students. Okay, no, yeah. So they they divvied up into three houses, so you interact mm-hmm. with them and things like that. I'm imagining like school grounds interacting 
um, you know, somewhat of a storyline when you talk to, you know, your free time and you go fishing or you hang out with somebody and read and then you interact with them and we go like full, I guess, like, uh, what is it called? Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. Okay. Like, <laughs> nice. little debate battle between you two. Yeah. 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 I'm thinking it can go both ways because I feel like- Battle of wits or battle of of brawn, sort of thing. Yeah, and because you with can- the jocks and stuff, you you're gonna end up in an, in a physical confrontation of some sort. So I feel like gameplay wise, we'll have two routes, and you can maybe even choose. Like it might be stat based, it might be different things where you can like, if you've got enough power in your kind of diplomacy or in your verbal stuff, you might be able to convince a jock to take you on in a battle of wits, in which place you're gonna wipe the floor with them. Um. <laughs> um I still want this to work like the like the Arkham games in in the combat. That basically, even your battle of wits is you know, light attack, light attack, counter. Um- <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna just take in there, but, and but you, you've got all their minions attacking you, and you're just like blasting off verbal jabs at them to knock yeah, them pretty back. much. Um, so so you you know, it's sort of like a very similar combat system in the fact that you've got maybe two buttons for um two buttons for the for the verbal stuff, two buttons for the brutal stuff and you can you can sort of jump between verbal and and um brawn anytime that you want. It could be interesting to bring kind of intimidation mechanic yeah. where if you, you can sort of if you see people like you've got that kind of like like the Arkham games people surrounding you it's like oh that guy's getting too close you can kind of Spin around to select them and hit a verbal cue, which is just a, like a back, back fuck off. off. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll get kind of an intimidation status effect for a little bit, which means they won't attack you for a few seconds or whatever. And so you're sort of having to balance it up and then choosing who to actually like attack. I like the idea of getting into a full on fist fight with a bunch of students and then like a teacher approaches you from behind and you quickly pivot around and go, hey, I'll back the fuck off <laughs> and go back into the fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to have pretty high intimidation for that to work on the teacher. Uh, I think otherwise they, you know, apply a detention- uh, Modifier. S- modifier. <laughs> 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 I, just, I just love, you know, in Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War, where um, as, as like, the big general in- enters the battle, they sort of zoom in on the, on the guy. Just as the teacher, like, enters sort of earshot of this fight, you know, it sort of zooms in and, and shows Mr. Whittlesey. And it's well, like, and, and oh all the shit! Kids, just like in, just like in Shadow of Mordor, they're all chanting, "Mr. Weddlesey, Mr. Weddlesey." <laughs> Everyone's chanting as he like, zooms in, as he's kind of walking in with his, you know, elbow patches and his his pipe or whatever. <laughs> they're throwing up like a half-eaten apple, and they're catching it in their hand as they're walking up. Yeah, to you. yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, I love it. I love bringing that. Yeah, I, that's a, that's a fantastic idea. I, I just, I reckon, if you if you had like, um. You know, the words sort of separated in, in, um, and categorized so that you could have, you know, these are the certain retorts that you can have to the, these sort of words that are being said. And, you know, basically you got lines that you've always got to counter for. So as I long think, as you get yeah, the timing think, right. Yeah. I think it'd just be like, I mean, you, you're essentially just sort of making it combat, but without yeah. having them touch each other. So yeah. yeah. I think you'd have similar sort of block things where it's like, oh, they're coming at me with, uh, you know, an undermining verbal attack. So I need to go with a. I need to <laughs> launch at them with with getting them to to rattle off a list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. One. <laughs> they say, "Oh, there's, there's five things I want to say to you." One. <laughs> Stop them like, short. Is that like when you get like a, a times eighty six combo and it's just you going on a rant at someone? <laughs> You're monologuing. <laughs> I have the floor. All right, so I'm, Let's go. Just, I'm just going to button, uh, you know, put put the button on it. Um, it's you get to like a hundred combo. It goes filibuster. <laughs> That's for when we bring the nemesis system into a, a politics game, uh. Uh, which we will do eventually. This is not the first theme we've brought the nemesis system into on You seem very excited when you brought it up. Oh, I seem very excited. Though. It's, it's so, so cool. I can't believe it hasn't been used elsewhere because it's so awesome. Yeah. Three, two, one, click. Yeah. Duplicity. Prediction. Dropping. Dropping and duplicity reminds me of a game that already exists or a, almost a genre of game that already exists where you clone yourself. Where when you die, you're-, you're 
you get a new clone, but your previous body stays there. So you end up using your corpses to like platform across spikes and stuff. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we can bring that in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> or like the, uh, what was that game? The shifter? It wasn't the shifter. I know of the shifter. Is that, was that what it was? Yeah, there's a like, game called the shifter. So teleport yourself into another, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure it's Maybe that. it was that then. Uh, yeah, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. What was your intro? Prediction. Um, maybe that's around timing of, uh, I don't know. Is it around timing or do we just split the words and go pre-diction? So, caveman times. <laughs> pre-diction. <laughs> <laughs> A caveman finds some sort of cloning machine sent back from the future. <laughs> And and I'm just imagining all these all these cavemen sort of dying and you and you using them to to try and get a little bit further. <laughs> Wait, well, I mean, we could take duplicity to mean like like duplicitous is to sort of be two faced or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it is a kind of caveman era social game of some sort. Mm-hmm. We bring in the nemesis system. <laughs> <laughs> There's franchise potential. We can get some characters in here. <laughs> yeah, we've got Grunt and Urk. <laughs> our, our main main people. <laughs> I don't want to go on a completely different route with this idea so far. No, go for it. <laughs> but when I-, I hear prediction, my mind immediately goes to like, uh, precognizant, like mm-hmm. looking into the future and the idea of a, a someone who has like duality and is looking into the future, but is seeing two realities Ooh. seems interesting. Okay. So okay. is, is this based off of, um, minority report and it's the, it's the two precogs that they didn't really talk about. They were the twins. <laughs> yes. It's the features that they see. Again, franchise potential. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Um, because, you know, in, in uh, Minority Report, they sort of had, had the one girl who was the main precog, but then you still had these two reasonable precogs, obviously, I mean, obviously to make the whole system work. the fucking future. Like, that's yeah. pretty impressive. <laughs> but they were seeing low-level things. They were like, what's happening next Tuesday? What are we going to have for lunch? They're like, is the footy going to run long and we're, and, yeah, we're going to miss <laughs> friends tonight? <laughs> it's set in it's set in the late nineties, is it? <laughs> Alter, mean, alternate reality. Didn't you have nineties? <laughs> you know, didn't you have self driving cars and machines that would carve balls to tell you it was going to be murdered in the nineties? Because I did. <laughs> That's right. You lived in a different dimension to us. I forgot about that. Every night we'd sit around the table and wait for the ball to drop. It's like, oh, <laughs> Mrs. <laughs> Freedles is going to keep die. on giving yourself names and you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just sitting around musing For some about reason, Mr. Freggles' death. I always go to F names and there aren't that many. <laughs> <laughs> Set myself up for failure. <laughs> uh, okay, so you're saying that. Well, because I like that idea then of some sort of branching kind of action where, you know, based on a specific event. You know, it could it could go either ways, and this person's seeing both ways. Maybe this is even some sort of game where you get to play out each way and then, like, choose one, which sort of collapses the waveform to decide, okay, well, this is the actual kind of, uh, f- you know, future that we're going to go Ooh, down. Yeah, I like that. I'm sort of seeing it almost like um, Dishonored. If you ever if you ever played that, mm-hmm. you had a couple of different ways that you could go through the- through the game and depending mm-hmm. on whether you kill people or or not, you know, you've got a different ending. Well, basically, depending on which twin you go with um, for for these, you know, clues that you get, I comes so up with a, with a certain ending. The other word that was mentioned at the start was dropping. Yeah. And mm. this is very early to be thinking about titles, but I like <laughs> the idea of it being called dropping and, like, you're dropping the other time stream and focusing on one of them. Yeah. Yep. I like that. So I, I I think I'm moving away a little bit from the Minority Report twins. We could we could use that idea in general, but I am thinking almost a uh, an action based game, whether it is sort of like Dishonored or something like that, where essentially you've got this power to go one way or go, or, or maybe there's just points points in a level or points in a game where you can say, okay, yeah, there are two ways that this could happen. Um, I'm going to take this option or I'm going to take that option, and then yeah, what you you play out both essentially, um, it, or maybe it's like a. Maybe it's like one of those sort of precision shooting games like 
um, Hotline Miami or something, you know what I mean? So, it's like, okay, there are two ways we can come into this room and here's how it's going to play out this way and here's how it's going to play out that way. And then you have to cho- you have to choose one or the other. You get essentially get two tries at this, but one of them has to be the one that you stick with. It's like rolling with advantage in D&D. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in, in this case- is the outcome literally set in stone when you choose, okay, go this way. So, in the first time that you played it, um, everyone but you died. But in the second time, only one guy died. So, you you choose the one where the one guy died, and therefore, you don't have that guy going forward in your team. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Something along those lines. What if you make it through all the way by by yourself? Like, um, you you make it through and it's perfect. Do you still have to redo it? No, you you do have to play it. Every section twice, essentially. But if you manage to do it really well the first time, then that's just the one you choose to, like, move forward. Okay. I'm sure there'd be multiple things you have. Like, you could- So, what I was about to say was, I'm imagining, like, bank robberies for some reason, because you mentioned losing Mm. a guy, (laughs) is if you have two entry points and one of them you came out with more money, but you lost somebody, and the other one you came out with less, you know, like, there's different things you're thinking about and you have to choose which run you thought was better. Yeah. Yeah, The lesser of two evils. (laughs) Yeah, and and I, I'm thinking you kind of do it in sections, so it might be all right. You know, we're we're taking we're coming in through the front door, and we're going to pull off this. You know, locking it down and and threatening the teller, and so we could do it. You know, with Jimmy threatening the teller, even though he's a little bit um, you know off kilter, but he's he's going to be more intimidating, so they're more likely to not press the silent alarm or something. Or we can, you know, you can do it yourself and have have Jimmy go off and, you know, secure the cameras or whatever. So, yeah, you've essentially got different ways that you can set it up, set up that scene and then it'll play out twice, essentially. Um, and then I'm picturing, you know, a cool kind of overlay of them both where you're getting, like, you're getting the stats of how you did or you, you're seeing them in different ways, but they're, like, playing out over the top of each other and then you can choose one or the other and the other one, like, fades out. It's like, okay, this is what this is what actually happened. Lock it in. And then you move on to the next phase, which is, you know, the the vault or whatever. What what I could see about that is you didn't realize <laughs> that because you chose this one, the silence the silence alarm was hit, and mm-hmm. therefore now you're going to deal with something in the future. Yeah, well, that's had you it. chose the other one, you wouldn't have had to deal with it. But there you didn't know about that. Yeah, because there may it's be information <laughs> that you didn't know. Yeah, there's there's like a way that you can check, but if you didn't get time to check in that. You know, in that run, because you prioritized other things, then yeah, you might have you might have locked in that the silent alarm went off, and you've just fucked yourself, or made for a more fun game later on <laughs> when you when you're like flipping over all the police. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, any other ideas for this one, or do we move on? Uh, I think we'll just let it fizzle out and <laughs> three to one click. Boutique. Experimentation. ARC. A-R-C or A-R-K? A-R-K. <laughs> Were they boutique experimentation ARC? Yep. Yeah. So, I'm- th- <laughs> Because you said ARC, and I've just got this idea of, of, like, the island of Dr. Moreau and Noah's ARC sort of put together. <laughs> in, the- <laughs> in the fact that in this world, Noah's ARC was, like, a- a literal breeding ground of mutants. <laughs> oh, I like the idea of just this arc floating around breeding hybrid animals. Like, that's kind of fun. Um, why are they boutique? Are they like, I guess they're one of a kind kind of thing. What's boutique <laughs> even mean? Does boutique just mean shop? I don't, I don't know. know. It always happens. Oh, it's just a shop. I think I realized that boutique just meant shop. It's just French for shop. All right, so are you making these animals to order then? <laughs> Have you started up an online business? <laughs> got an Etsy store. The most grim cooking mama spin- spin-off of all time. <laughs> like, add a little bit of snake DNA. <laughs> Stir it together with some fucking rhino. Yeah, but now, now, I'm, now I'm starting to get the idea that all you're trying to do is get these two animals together in a room. <laughs> And put some sexy music on. <laughs> you know, actually, like genetically engineering them, just trying to convince them to fuck. <laughs> you you work set up. <laughs> I do kind of like the idea of a almost a bit. Did you guys ever play Evil Genius? 
No, it's like a no. base builder where you play like an evil genius and you build up the lair and you have to like build up traps as secret agents would come in to try to deal with your shit. And then you could send your henchmen out on missions and stuff. I'm kind of liking the idea of you've got this, you're building, you're building this arc you're, and you're able to, you know, you draw out your rooms and it's like, okay, well, we're going to put some cages over here. We're going to put a lab over here. You know, we need some area for the, the henchmen or the whatever, like the people- the, well, the DNA extraction specialists. Yep. Yeah, exactly. The DESs. Um, but you do have people like you're doing, like, yes, you're out in international waters, but you're doing horrible crimes against nature. And so you do get like environmentalists and the, where, you know, the, the authorities from the countries where you've let these horrible creatures loose coming to find you. You are essentially some sort of evil madman. Uh, out here breeding these horrible creatures. And so, part of building up your arc is defending against them as well. Yeah, I, I do like the idea of maybe being that you're not- you're no longer trying to trying to get the two animals to breed, because obviously things have come, gone a long way, but when your grandfather first started this, um, yeah. that's that's exactly how they did it. The techniques have gotten a lot better in, since- Well, which has allowed us to time. breed- you know, breeds much more divergent species in together into hybrids, and yeah, yeah. Look, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a I'm a breeding traditionalist. I think my grandfather <laughs> he had the right idea. Um, he got in there, he got his hands dirty, and he got the job done. Yeah, all these none of the Eagles kids are just. I, 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 again, I don't want to go on one of my rants. I did this before we started the podcast, but yeah, it's true. These genetically modified animals are ruining. The world and look, if a giraffe and a house cat fall in love and want to have children, then that's up to them. But we should not be <laughs> splicing their DNA together. <laughs> that's I'm just trying to, I'm trying to, trying to imagine whether you want small giraffes or big cats <laughs> with long necks. <laughs> look, I'm going to love them however they come out. So <laughs> let's let them be them. It depends on which, which trait is more dominant yeah. and which one's more recessive. I don't care which way they go. I just make very different sweaters. <laughs> I was trying for a cat with a, you know, with a really long neck because I saw that meme of the long cat and <laughs> it looked cute. <laughs> yeah, a lot of my breeding endeavors are based off memes that I see online. <laughs> I, I'm just so I'm a lot not, of cats. A lot I'm now of cats imagining like a snake and a cat, so a furry snake with the, with the face of a cat, it's just sort of slithering yeah. down. Well, I saw one of those messed up panorama pics. <laughs> <laughs> so what else am I going to do but try to try to breed a snake and a cat? I imagine giraffes are very important if you're going for panorama pics. Yeah, if you just want length, <laughs> like they're the masters of length. Yeah, not just the neck, the tongue. <laughs> The legs, the body. Yeah. Well, the body. Well, what other what other body parts can we list that are long? They, yeah, they do have those stalks on the tail. tail, tail, tail. Good one. Tail's good. good. Tail's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Mm. Yeah, I there's don't nothing more. Think there's anything else? All right, three, two, one, click. Oh, I've Ooh. got it. It was the wrist. They that's my next they word. Do have? They're known for their long mm. wrists. Big organs, I think, as well. Yeah. So wrist is my word. Oh, oh, blue bluebird. Ace. 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 Oh, ace and wrist makes me think of, like, cards and cheating. Um, In a like world palming, where, where you've got, like, and- anthropomor- anthropomorphic birds that are, like, cheating at poker and stuff. So, it's no. basically- oh. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <Stop> it. <laughs> no, what I was going to say is this is a, a card shark who's, like, her-, her- Nick, or her, like, poker name or whatever is Bluebird. Like, that's her persona. Okay. Um, and we kick off with that as our, like, lead character. It's sort of a story of, of intrigue and card sharks and tense moments over the card table, you know? I like that. High stakes. Does she have, have one of those, like, um, guns that sort of, when she, when she flicks out a wrist, you know, it sort of flicks out and. <laughs> yeah, she can choose to either load cards or guns. So if she yep. wants to cheat at cards, then she loads, you know, aces in there. And, uh, if she thinks it's going to get really dangerous, then maybe she's got one of those little, little pistols. Yeah. I like it. Wait, so I is she, love that. you're playing as Bluebird and you're trying to cheat. 
and get away with it? Well, I think maybe that's one of the choices you've got. Yeah. Mm. You can either cheat them out of all their money or you can kill them all and steal all the money. Money. That's basically, yeah. you know. Or you can play fair and maybe you've just got snacks up there. Then it's RNG. RNG determines whether you make it to the next part. Yeah. You just flick it out and you've got like a Mars bar. If you're, <laughs> so, if you're just good enough at poker, you could just play a 16-hour campaign of just playing cards and getting through yes. the World Series. Definitely. But- <laughs> Lots of character building around the table. <laughs> it's like narrative kind of um, slow is burn. Is it set like in nowadays times or is it set in like the 1800s when, you know, there's casinos on steamboats and all this sort of stuff? I do like a good steamboat in a game. I mean, I I'm just, like I'm picturing the underused. movie Maverick right now and, and oh, just yeah. removing, removing, um, Mel Gibson and putting in- I was going to say, I do, I do like a good movie with a disgraced actor <laughs> or two <laughs> in it. It's most of them these days. Um, yeah, I don't know. We could go, I'm thinking kind of like the twenties, maybe, you know, prohibition sort of stuff. And, um, so you, you're in speakeasies with illegal gambling dens yep. and. And, and you got people um, coming up to you asking for, like, cigarillos and all that sort of stuff because they, they expect because you're a woman that you, you know, you're there as a flapper or, or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Selling yeah, cigarettes. You're, you're um, yeah. And so, you're kind of throwing those, those uh, expectations on their heads because you're actually there to gamble and take money and bust heads <laughs> and cards and fling aces. Um, yeah, no, I, I guess I'm thinking of this as- I mean, sort of a narrative adventure sort of game where you're making choices, almost a telltale-ish kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so maybe less around the actual full-on poker mechanics because that could get- I mean, some, I like a, some people like a good poker game, but it can hey, be- Hey, pe- people, when they played The Witcher 3, they loved Gwent. They loved it so much that they made their own, like, game, standalone game of Gwent. That's so, true. having poker in, in the game is, you know- Maybe it's just an option. Maybe you can sit and play the whole, like, literal whole poker campaign, yeah. or you can just- You can skip the poker bits and, and just make a choice of, like, do you want to cheat? And it's, like, you know, 20% chance of getting caught, which will lead to the actual confrontation scene or something. And yeah. the narrative the narrative continues like that. But at any time, you can flip over the table and guns blazing. So, is going through the poker route like the pacifist run of uh, Undertale, where you just- I didn't, you know, attack anybody. Everything was just all cool. And, like, everybody yeah, was one fine. fair and square. Yeah. Yep. And you get one achievement for it. <laughs> it's all worth it. I, I'm, I'm picturing it on PlayStation that it's a bronze. It's one of those bronze, <laughs> <laughs> bronze achievements. The lowest possible. <laughs> Yeah, because you saw like zero percent of the game. You just saw the poker <laughs> mechanics. The poker is so good in the, the story. Game. <laughs> it's like the story only kicks off the first time you cheat. <laughs> I, I, I'm now imagining that you know if you don't cheat through the first poker game, then she just goes home and goes, "I didn't notice anything." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything was on the up and up, and uh, I won and left. The end credits. Let's delve into characterization. Who is who yeah. is this individual? All right. So I'm thinking, I don't know, raised raised on the mean streets kind of deal, maybe mm. orphan or like lost their parents to a uh, the back of a speakeasy, you know. And then later <laughs> we can find out that it was like the grand poker player that you verse at the end of the game who did it. Yes, and her name is. <laughs> I can't think of a good Ethel. I should have to start with an F, doesn't it? Isn't that your go-to? Fethel. I was trying to make a Bruce Wayne comparison, and then she turns into Batman. Um, no, yeah, I think I think it's something. Like, yeah, I think she she lost her parents to to this scene in some way, or maybe they just like gambled everything away, and they're on the streets, and then they died of. Starvation or something. I don't know. Dysentery. Uh, yeah. She she made their way back. <laughs> what an opening to a video game. <laughs> they died on the Oregon Trail. Uh, <laughs> and and you, show, you show it with the original graphics of, of like, the Oregon Trail. <laughs> and then it comes into, into like- <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I think she had to essentially, you know- 
beg and steal and rob to make her way up. And now she's sort of got the skills to, to make it in this. She's now, she, she's been building this her entire life to come and, and take these people for all they're worth and take down the whole cartel of, I don't know, under the underbelly. Are we making the other people at the table like, uh, characters? Like, is there like a cowboy? Is there a, you know, like we really, we really flanderize them. I th- yeah, <laughs> I think we. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think you probably got recurring characters. You know, you'll you'll end up with a few nobodies at the table that just sub in. Essentially, I guess it depends what we want the sort of main narrative to be. Are you working your way through and you know up to higher stakes tables before you finally? Maybe this is a way to get yourself in front of like the big boss or the yeah like. The, the person running things, um, the buy-in's so high and you have to have enough rep to to see that. And then you either take them for all their money or you shoot them in the head or whatever your choice might be. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell what your choice is because you keep mentioning the shooting in the head stuff. <laughs> I'm just- The gun in the thing is cool. <laughs> wrist, wrist gun. <laughs> I just want to lay down a pair of twos and get out of there and enjoy a nice <laughs> night. <laughs> Pair of twos and a wrist gun. <laughs> so I go, all right, job done. <laughs> Read them when we boys. Yeah, you got King High. <laughs> <laughs> and the rules card, how'd that get in there? <laughs> okay, three to one click. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Normal. Robe. Peak. Wait, so P E A K peak. Oh, peak. Peak. I didn't hear your final like consonant. I just heard peak. Peak. Beep. Okay, peak normal robe. Peak robe. What is peak robe? (laughs) What is peak normal? (laughs) Well, I think it's kind of an oxymoron. You, you've been in COVID-19 so long that wearing robes has become peak normal. <laughs> it's a lockdown simulator. <laughs> I mean, what are the what are the most famous robes of all, right? We have the, what is it, the uh, Emperor's robes that he believes yeah. are invisible but aren't. They're very peak and very normal. We have the robe and wizard hat. Yep. That is removed. We have Hugh Hefner's robe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, Arthur Dent's robe. Oh, yeah. We have we have a rube, which is an individual that is lesser, not exactly a robe, but we have robe ots. Yep. Um, we have Rubik's cubes. Um, we have Robitussin. <laughs> we have robe Goldberg machines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we've wrangled everything we can out of that one. Three. Right, let's just go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Crevice. Fund. Glove. (laughs) (laughs) We're all thinking it. And dip into my crevice fund. (laughs) We're all thinking it. It's a TSA simulator. Um (laughs) (laughs) VR. (laughs) Slap. (laughs) (laughs) All right. No. Okay. So- Crevice is like a trench in under the in the ocean, right? Like the Marianas Trench or whatever. It's like the deepest ocean where, that has been unexplored. Maybe a new one opens up or something. There's an earthquake and a new trench opens up, and we, um, you know, we find. Well, we want to discover it. We want to explore it. I mean, it's, it's finally new depths to explore in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, and you meet a I billionaire, mean, and he's opens he opens up his wallet, and there's your fund. Well, yeah, funding. Well, maybe it's one of these things where. There is an eco- there is some economy to it to like you you have to buy your equipment and uh, your subs and your gloves and your <laughs> gear. You don't want to just touch random new sea creatures with your bare hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, also where Christian- does this crevice lead to? Narnia. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that it leads anywhere other than it's it's around. Finding, making new discoveries and monetizing them. 
<laughs> to fund your further expeditions. We can go wild with it, though, you know? If there's a crack in the bottom of the ocean floor, maybe you go through it and there's, like, a little crack in, you know? Like, we go wild with the sea creatures. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, well, that's what I'm thinking. You're, you're like, you're finding eldritch horrors down there. Um- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you go down there, there's Cthulhu. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, like, you ha- now shit. I have to invest in- Therapy? And- I don't know. What, what do you get when you have met a god and your brain has exploded at your ears? I don't know. Um, it's you, you need like the anti-Cthulhu like helmet, and that's the yeah, only thing that like you can fund. Blinders, yeah. <laughs> it's just cardboard goggles. Cardboard goggles that just sort of blind you to a single point. <laughs> uh, look, when I was invited on this podcast, I didn't know we were so anti-Cthulhu. Um- <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. I- yeah, we should have I, asked. Yeah, I'm um yeah, I'm a part of a small tight knit group that believes <laughs> that some of these eldritch horrors are um you know, they have souls and they're people and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's fine. We can <laughs> I did wonder why fun. you were so against like id software and the Quake series. Um but they, now, they get them I, mean, I, I get that. Like <laughs> you, you know, you you kill Cthulhu in the end or whatever it is and Yeah, okay. Well, Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a kraken. It's a non-Cthulhu affiliated tentacle monster. No, I'm saying we can throw it in there. I just think it should be like friendly. <laughs> <laughs> you can team up. Yeah. You get down there. It's like, hey, come in for a drink. <laughs> now I'm imagining that you go that after after you befriend Cthulhu and you and you go on like all these adventures and and basically you can call on him at any time and he comes and destroys all your enemies. <laughs> Enemies in front of you. <laughs> well, he's the uh, he's the fast travel system. But when you rock up with him, the place gets destroyed every time. <laughs> Why have you brought us to the same wasteland again? It's not the same. <laughs> it's a new wasteland. <laughs> it takes you about three or four travels to realize what's happening. It's like, oh my god, when I was under there. There was some sort of nuclear war about up here and everything's turned into ra- irradiated wasteland wherever I go. Let's let's check out New York tool and see if that's the same. <laughs> It'd be cool yep. to be working on a game like in, in the game you're working underwater and slowly you're seeing the city around you either get better or get worse off given what you're discovering. That'd be cool. So like you're seeing the effects. Yeah, like of I mean the types of technologies you're bringing up or like you find you know fucking atlantis and bring up some atlantean technology that <laughs> improves your you know you've got unlimited power now in your city and like yeah if you find some like uh, luminescent sea fish and then it comes up with a little thing in the corner saying they've discovered a new way to do lighting and then you look over your city and it's all like illuminated in a different way and stuff that, that's that cool. cool yeah i like the idea of that kind of and then that could come into the the fund word where it's it's around the economy of it and it's around inventing things and the flow on from that to yeah to your to your country or city or something i like that because then you can bring in almost a almost a civilization vibe of who's discovering these things first and you get and it builds on each on top of it so not only if you you know yeah you discover that particular luminescent fish does your city prosper because now it's lighting you know can light for more efficiently, but but your own uh, deep sea diving, uh, you know, equipment is is now better has better lights or whatever, and that's going to let you go deeper or something, or it's going to let you uh, find things more quickly. But other countries are also coming to explore this trench, and maybe they found that first, you know. Um, so it could be cool to be competing in that way. I can almost imagine you find a new plant fiber that is when when like processed in the right way is stronger than like steel but lighter than than like cotton sort of thing mm-hmm. so it it becomes you know the the new sort of fabric that they that people are making bulletproof vests out of but it also becomes the new fashion craze to have you know a um i'm trying to think of a j word and that's not good that's not working but <laughs> like <laughs> but, yeah I think it all, but you can also go the other way, right? Like you find a particular type of deep sea algae that when, you know, boiled down makes for a very power hallucin- powerful hallucinogen and your city starts going to shit because they're addicted to it. And Well, you like scroll down in your city and there's just like a bunch of like wandering hippies not knowing <laughs> yeah. really what's going on. 
They're all in their jumpsuits. <laughs> <laughs> There's way too much light. <laughs> You've discovered 10 different, like, uh, illuminescent fish. It's gone way too far. You need to just calm down. Stop. Yeah, everyone's just going blind. And they've all got glow sticks and, you know, sort of dancing <laughs> rights and shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I reckon we've got time for one more. All right, let's do all right. one more to finish off the app. And this one better make me some money, I swear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Newborn. Stage. Palace. Rather regal baby is what comes to my head immediately. <laughs> yeah, I- I'm- <laughs> I'm thinking the whole, like, dance mums kind of deal with, like, getting- Or, like, fashion shows for young kids way too young and forcing them to, <laughs> to like, perform for the king. But in medieval times. So, so it's all, you know, Miller's daughters and all this sort of stuff and farmer's daughters. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing them all dressed up as, like, little jesters and- <laughs> <laughs> Try not to go too dark with this. Um, <laughs> is this a dance game? It's a newborn's dance game. <laughs> dance game with newborn. <laughs> it's like puppeteering them. <laughs> In VR. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the like, beat saver right, worked. On the beat, <laughs> lift your head. Oh, you can't do it. You're, too young. you're, only, you're only two weeks old. <laughs> Let's click again. Cross your <laughs> yeah. eyes. Okay. Yeah, okay. This is the real final one. Oh, I got you. Personality. <laughs> That's Because <weird. laughs> I got use. Y-O-U-S. <laughs> you use and- Personality. <laughs> personality. <laughs> they fit so well. Is this the personality between someone who would say you and someone who would say use? <laughs> Hey, use. Where you, where you all going? Um, okay, so personality, I'm seeing this as- I know, I, I kind of want to say a first-person game. Okay. So, that's my addition to it. <laughs> <laughs> Where you go? Nah. Um, yeah, I, I was sort of thinking uh, almost, you know, you got, you got the first person with, with like, you being, being the person. I'm okay. thinking use- is like your- It's the other people. It's, <laughs> it's the other people in your team. And so, it's sort of like one of those first person, um, like tactical games, almost like Rainbow Six sort of thing. Okay. Set in Queensland. Can we incorporate personality tests into oh. a first person experience? Ooh. So, you like define your team based on whether they're like in INFJ or whatever. Yeah, like I'm a, I'm a totes of Rachel. <laughs> so, we're like the Rachels and we team up. It's like, okay, it's based on like BuzzFeed personality. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm definitely a Hermione. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And I'm totes of Monica. <laughs> we need to find a- uh, and a, uh, is there an Amanda in Sex and the City? No. Yeah, I think so, right? Miranda. 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 <laughs> yeah, I'm a Miranda. We need to find a Miranda for our team. I think if you uh, just throw, like, as a social game, I think if you throw 10,000 people into a room with, like, three different, like, a bunch of different things they can do, and we just sort people by what they like to interact with into a group, and you're like, you're the people who threw the blue ball into the red bin, and that's who you are, and that's your team. Okay. That is so kind of cool. Bringing in, you know, the the recent popularity of something like Fall Guys. Yeah. But- In first person. But it all comes down to, yeah, how these teams are made. So, you get into a room, yeah, and you've got 100 people in there, and you all do a personality test, and it splits you up based on- on, yeah, who the Rachels are. <laughs> well, you could you could even have, like, a tutorial at the start that basically- Your tutorial gets basically your, your personality test. So, when, when you're straight away brought into a game, you don't have to spend five minutes doing a personality test. That's something that you did at the start. And at, at any time, you can replay it and get a different well, um, but I kind of sort like of personality the idea that Each test. room is based on a different test. So, like, you might go mm. into one room and it, you, you're going to be one of the friends, but you go into another room- and it's like um, pickle Rick you know, from what, Rick and Morty. What? <laughs> yeah. What Rick incarnation are you? Or like, <laughs> what flying insect do you most associate with? <laughs> I'm a hornet. 
<laughs> I do like the idea of the sterile room environment, like, yeah, building the blue ball into the red bin, and then it just comes up with a prompt on your screen that says, you're a Rachel. <laughs> like, there's so much It's actually nothing to do with We just assigned assign based on there. So, they're all playing these mini games. It's 100, 100 people in one room. They're all trying to get, yeah, like, paper balls into a waste paper basket. And then based on how well he did, <laughs> we randomly like, select from a from a BuzzFeed quiz. You're Black Widow from the Avengers. <laughs> because you like putted a golf ball into a hoop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the rest of the gameplay, what is it? Is, is it like one of those um, modern warfare shooters or is it- no, and then they get- No, it's that that's the main game. And then they get the chance to, like, eliminate people. But it's this whole, like, us and them. Because you, you can identify yourself as one of these members of a particular group. Oh, like, if you're a part of the side that did- If more people put the blue ball in the red bin than the green ball in the orange bin, then you're a part of the majority, so you get to stay. May, or, well, what I was thinking is, like- You've got, like, a social round where it's like, well, I'm a Rachel and I think we should kick out all the monikers. (laughs) (laughs) And then either you'll get people siding with you or not and maybe there's, like, some hidden- (laughs) Maybe you can lie about who you are. Uh (laughs) (laughs) It's a trader game aspect. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It brings in some, like, mafia rules or whatever. (laughs) I like there being an accusation round of, like, you were this and this. That means you you would not have picked a rig. (laughs) (laughs) You <laughs> would never do that. Oh God, just this total chaos of all these mechanics of like, they're just a total non sequiturs to each other. They're just not connected at all. Uh, there is uh, a reason why there isn't a hundred player battle royale game that has open mics in one enclosed room. Because <laughs> it would be a mess. No, it's all done through emotes. <laughs> You're somehow accusing people. Jacques! You got the Jacques emote. Uh, that would be chaos. I feel like that would work well in one of those weird VR social arenas. It, it's just an, ad- it's just an add-on for VR chat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a VR chat plugin. <laughs> That's bizarre. <laughs> Look, I feel like oh we're about God. to wrap up, can, but can we just all please say what friend's character we are, just so I know? Oh, God. Uh, trying to think what it would be. Chandler. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm pr- probably Ross. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're a Ross when you're upset when you say you're a Ross. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, some aspects of a Ross. Some of, some of a, a Chandler, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of- I'm I'm with Ben. I'm cross between a Ross and a Chandler. I'm a Randler. <laughs> and what about yourself, Alex? You're not getting away with that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, turn this back on me. Um, well, they had a bunch <laughs> of different animals in the first few seasons. I maybe would jump on that train. Maybe jump in as a duck or a monkey of some variety. Yeah, you come in as a Maurice. Yes, that's it. Totally. I was only- That's true. I, I was main, mainly thinking the six main characters, but I mean- if I had to go with the secondary cast, you know, definitely an ugly naked guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't Brad Pitt was on an episode, right? I believe yes. so. I think they had yes. everyone. Everyone's been on a Friends episode. He, he, was, he was on one of the later season episodes playing, um, like, Ross and Chandler's friend from high school, which oh, they were yeah. part of the I Hate Rachel Club. <laughs> ah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Trouble they were- um, Encyclopedia- Encyclopedic memory of yes, all of things. most things. Um, but in that, uh, at the same time, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston were actually going out, maybe even oh, married yeah. at the time. I forgot that was a thing. I <laughs> oh, shouldn't that all worked out. Oh, um, they happily, you know, happily with happily other people. Divorced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they all lived separately ever after. <laughs> I think we're going to wrap it up there tonight. Uh, thank you. Alex, firstly, for joining us tonight. Thank sure. you, listeners, for joining us for another episode of Bitstorm. If you want to find us online, you can go to podchaser.com slash Bitstorm. Check out our huge backlog. Backlog? Backload? <laughs> our huge backlog of episodes where you can find thousands of game designs over, you know, multiple years that we've come up with. We're uh, coming up very quickly on episode 200, so keep an ear out for that because we still don't know what the fuck we're doing, but- <laughs> Something special, hopefully. 
We're also part of the 8-Bit Collective, and this is a network of podcasts around video games, pop culture, role-playing, tons of stuff. Go to 8bit.net, check out all the great shows there, and uh, throw some money to the Patreon. For all your Australasian gaming podcast needs, go check out the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook, or look for at AGP Network on Twitter. And finally, we'd like to thank, well, finally for us, before we go over <laughs> to Alex's plugs, we'd like to thank Kurdust for the use of the song Mount Defiance of off of the album containment failure so used yeah. to saying finally so alex <laughs> tell everyone where they can find you uh yes um so as mentioned up top uh, i have a little podcast called know what you're in for with disgraced prison warden anthony b watts it is a mouthful and impossible to search for <laughs> i um screwed up on the seo side but i'm trying my best to uh, recoup my losses you can find that at bigtallboys.com it is a interestingly <laughs> named website. <laughs> um, so you can find it there or you can go to one of your general podcast providers. And if you search for Anthony B. Watts, then it will come up. Nice. Yeah. I'm so pretty sure you, you can find it on Podchaser. <laughs> yes, you will be able to. Uh, I guarantee it because I have access to the database. <laughs> you are the chief technical officer. <laughs> this is true. So, thank you again for joining us this week on BitStorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm Alex Krause. And... That'll do. (laughs) That'll do, pig. That'll do. (laughs) 